It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It is time for Faith in Life to connect here on Rise FM. I am Scott, here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and this is the session. And today we're going to talk about pastors. Yes. So pastors, if your ears are ringing, that's why. So we're going to be chatting about pastors and about a, a disturbing trend that is developing with them. Uh, we'll dive into all of that here in just a couple of minutes. First time we turn to God's Word. Yes, right, Scott. And as we do, let me also emphasize that we wanted pastors blessed to be recognized, even though it's not October. That's right. And it's not Clergy Appreciation Month. We wanted you to know your value to the body of Christ. Very much so. And to the congregation, I would say, maybe it's time for a little summer loving on your pastors. There we go. Yeah. Yes. All right. So Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. Mm. Those men and women that are that are called to those leadership positions are there at God's call, not at yours. Right. Is yeah. probably the first thing to say. We're going to talk about what has been happening with pastors wanting to actually leave the ministry. And it's our our hope to kind of prevent that. You know, you're you're needed in your position. You are needed in your pulpit. You are needed in your class. You are needed right. in your church. And we're going to start with this uh, report from George Barna, who's kind of the, I don't know, the Christian polling guy. That's right. I guess you might say that. Pastors who have given serious consideration to quitting being in full-time ministry within the last year has increased from 29% in 2021 to 42% in March of this year. That's almost double, Tom, and that's, right. that's a scary thing. Can we just blame that on COVID? Uh, that may be part of it, but I think it's a much bigger picture. What, what kind of things do you think are going into this? Before we dive into the numbers, let me quiz you. And the stress, loneliness, and, and the politics. The, the big divide that's taking place between opposing viewpoints of what's best for our country. So they, get a, they can have a congregation. Imagine that. On the north side of the congregation, <laughs> we, we have this point of view. And on the south side, we have this point of view. And One course, side of the aisle wants a green carpet. The other <laughs> side wants blue. Yeah, yeah that's right. and mm-hmm. that's a major issue. <laughs> 56% who considered quitting full-time ministry in the last year said the immense stress of the job was a huge factor. Yeah. Okay, so this stress is involved. You know, I know in our church, right. attendance has dropped. Uh, in Baptist churches in general, it's at about 75% of what it was pre-COVID. And wow. that, of course, also has an effect on giving. Mm-hmm. When you don't have as many people in seats, you don't have as much money coming in. So that puts additional stress on pastors as well. And how about the fact 
that you have people that are okay. I'll be kind. Fussing about <laughs> <laughs> fussing and fighting about is some issue. They want to bring it before the pastor because he's the only one in the whole church that can do, can take care of this. So he feels the stress of that, and but yet he can't show his stress. He's got to be even keeled. He can't you know, join sides and get ticked off at one party and collaborate with the other party. He's He's got to keep his even keel. So they leave. Now he's alone and he's dealing with all this stuff. And, and, and what does he do with it? Well, that's that stress is, is really beginning to mount, I think, Scott. Yeah. And then, of course, that pastor goes home where the family has expectations. There's ball games to be done and practices to be done. And gee, honey, can't we spend some time together? Yes, you know. Yeah. And now you've got that stress on top of it. You know, and our pastors are feeling that very, very much. Forty-three percent report that I feel lonely and isolated. I think this is huge because God created us for connectedness, for belonging, relationship, primarily because. He wanted us to have feel that with him. Our Father in heaven who created us wanted us to feel accepted and approved of by him and in relationship with him. So the most devastating, I believe, uncomfortable and unhealthy feeling is to be alone or isolated. When Jesus was tempted most by the enemy, they were out, you know... 40 days in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, there was no... Golden arches there. There was no, <laughs> yeah. There was not a uh, not a hot, an overpriced coffee place nearby where you could get a latte. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, I do, and I do blame COVID for this one. Okay, because during the time of lockdowns, right? You know, and I can I can still remember my pastor saying, "I am so glad to have people back in the building." Mm-hmm. You know, a few of us would come in on Sunday specifically so we could do the Facebook Live. Right. Or do the online stream part. So I was back in sound and, you know, he'd be doing his thing. And eventually they've got to the point where they now record a, a message early in the week. And then we'd still do our service on Sunday. But that loneliness. Right. Not having kids running around the building. Right. Not having babies crying in the nursery. You can't even didn't even have committee meetings, right? So you were alone in the building. Well, and if you think about it, going back, if I, I want to say the Vietnam War in the prisoner of war camps, one of the things that they did to torture was to isolate you. And there were actually some some of the prisoners of war who began to do Morse code tapping on like the restroom wall or the wall there, so that they would have some kind of communication right. on the other side of it, so that. That helped keep them alive. And some people died because they didn't have it. They, that they were so isolated. You know, the uh, one, ones I really feel for here are the bivocational pastors, those that work a full-time job and also run, you know, preach at church and take care of the church. They don't have that outlet of interacting with their congregation. Now it's just your full-time job. And then what? You're right. You know, and those yeah. are usually smaller churches that don't have Facebook Live and website you know, live uh-huh. things and all that kind of stuff. You know, so those are the ones that my heart really broke for during during the lockdowns. We're talking about our, our pastors today on the session, and, you know, we're throwing a lot of negative statistics at you, but the point we want to make here is, first of all, pastors, you're not alone. Right. Secondly, you are needed where you are, 
God Definitely. has called you there. Right. And third, to the church, we need to remember that. And we need to be loving on our pastors right now. We definitely do want to love on them. And when we think about the pastors having a a support, a pastor support group, in other words, a bunch of other pastors, there are some locally here in Richland County, we have, it's called the Brown Bag. Uh, It's a luncheon where pastors come in. They don't debate theological differences between the the Baptists and the Presbyterians and the Assemblies of God. No, it's all about what we embrace together, that Jesus went to the cross for us, and he died and he rose again. And we pray for each other, and we support, and we encourage each other. In Ashland, the Ashland Ministerial Association, I think, is an incredible a support group of varying pastors of a variety of different churches. And it's really about praying for one another, supporting one another. There's a, a usually a devotional of some sort. Those things, it's really important. That's when they're not alone. It, they can help their own loneliness by being part of a pastor's fellowship. Be part of a group. And I know one of the, one of the, the pillars of heritage right. is pastoring pastors absolutely and and they can reach you and we'll talk about how to reach you later on you know we talked about uh at the top of the show the idea of uh, political division being a reason for pastors quitting and according to this barner report 38 percent report political division in the church as the reason for quitting okay now okay (laughs) i know our pastors earlier in the spring did a whole series on unity in the church there are divisions in the church. There right. are some very outspoken political points. <clears throat> and at the risk of diving down a rabbit hole that may get us both in trouble, should those political viewpoints have a place in the church? Well, no, there is definitely a rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I yeah. mean, you and I are going to do a bonus episode about putting prayer back in schools. Yes. And we are not going to put it on air on Rise FM because we are going to voice political viewpoints that right. would get us in trouble and in a danger of the station license if we do. Yeah, we don't want that. No, so we're going to make it a bonus episode, and we'll let you know when that episode is done and ready to launch. It should be the next four weeks or so, I would think. We'll, we've got to work on that yet. Yes, yes. Put, put that on your calendar, Tom. You've yeah. you got nothing else to do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> should that really be? The question is, should that be part of the church? Yeah. Well, clearly, I think we want to hear a, a biblical perspective on how it's coped with or managed. And loving one another still hasn't hasn't changed. That's still important. Even though we, we view the differences, well, I, I still I want to go back to the Civil War. Back then, it was really about an issue. And people couldn't separate the issue from other people. And it ended up in war over an issue. Well, clearly, we want to see that not happen. There are people who are carved in stone about what they believe the future of our country is and the fears of the threats that it's not going to be like that. And so that intensifies things. Mm-hmm. So where what's the pastor's role? Well, apparently, when that happens, he has to referee— Basically, he wants to bring what he believes God is saying about it to his people. 
And then how does he cope with the stress that, that creates? Because, you know, it's like we say about a referee in a, in a basketball game, the best you can be is 50% right. <laughs> True. Because <laughs> one side's not going to like your call. <laughs> yeah, look at look at it. Watch any NFL football game and watch the response to the holding call. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you definitely get those a lot. So the last couple of these statistics, Tom, before we move on, 29% of pastors also said they felt like quitting because they weren't optimistic about the future of their church. Ouch. Yeah. That's as much an indictment of the people in the pews as it is of anything else. It is. Isn't the captain supposed to go down with the ship? Uh, Why would they want to? Yeah. Oh, well. 29% also were unhappy with the impact the job had on their family or they had a vision for the church. And so much of it, Tom, to me comes down to that. What impact does my job have on my family? Well, and that's number one. I believe that at Heritage. And I tell my patients at times, the very best I can give you, if I'm thinking right, did the math right, is number four. Jesus, number one. My wife, number two. Our children, number three. And then Heritage is number four. So, you know, it's the fourth best, but that's clearly, I think, put in the perspective that's really important. And I think it's safe to say, Kathy and I have run a good race at Heritage. We really have. We we may be in some of the last couple laps of Heritage. <laughs> I don't want to publicly threaten or fear put any fear in anybody, but the the idea there is when Heritage is more of an issue between my wife and I then something has to get. Something has to change. And, you know, radio is the same kind of industry, Tom. Christian radio really, sadly, isn't all that different. I've seen more broken marriages in this business than just about anywhere else because Mm -hmm. of its demands and the things that are expected, the moving and all that kind of stuff. Right. There have been times I I applied for, I wanted to apply for jobs in other states. And Sherry's response was, you enjoy that job. Wow. So... You know, there were times that I felt that I should go, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, but I didn't because it's, you know, my wife, I think, is my calming influence in that. There you, you go. Know, she she <laughs> can get me back on an even keel when I'm on the edge. You're right. Like you know. The comments of don't let the door hit you in the backside on the way out. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so some, some confidences maybe uh, for the pastors today, Tom. First of all, value your ministry and know, despite what you may think or what you may hear, you are valued. That's true. And and to take a time and think about the lives that you've impacted. In fact, there there are some people who would advocate or push for, keep a file of thank you notes or positive notes you've received from your people. And when you're feeling low, go to that file and, and read it. It's really a good thing. I did a thing here called Notes on My Door, and I took those notes, uh-huh. those thank you notes, those notes about what the radio station had meant to them. And for a pastor, I would encourage you to put them up on the back of your office door. There you go. So that when you've had you just think you're at the end of your rope and you shut your office door. Right. And you sit at your desk and look up, you're going to see all those notes. And what a blessing that is. And how about to stop and pause and think about the lives that you've impacted because of your ministry. And in Heritage, to me, that is so important. 
and to take the time to do it, to, to actually take a break from life for a, a few minutes and retreat and look at those things. Oh, that's probably the next thing we ought to talk about, Tom, when we talk about encouraging pastors is to don't be afraid to use the word sabbatical. Yes. Don't be afraid to recommend a month off for your pastors or to pay them for a month off and say, you go away, work on you, work on a vision for our church, and then come back and tell us what God told you. That's true. And it may also stretch beyond four weeks. Heaven forbid we talk about six weeks. Tom. <laughs> well, there there are some churches where I've heard the sabbaticals could be a year. Uh-huh. More. Right. Now, I know oh, in Baptist church, or you'd know that wouldn't happen. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> and I know you all are saying, Scott, you pick on Baptists a lot. Yes, because I are one. Yeah, that's true. So I, I won't pick on it unless I are it. There's another comment here I find interesting, Tom. A majority of pastors who have not considered quitting also cite strong family and community support and confidence in their ability as leaders. This, again, comes back to, yeah, it's July. Right. It's not Pastor Appreciation Month, but love on your pastors. Yeah, let's support them. Let's Take the family out to dinner after church on Sunday. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Ooh, take them out to dinner on Monday night. Oh, what a thought. Ooh. Yeah. Well, and to let them know how much they're appreciated. They say strong family and, and community support and confidence in their ability as being a leader. They, they, they question that. Well, you know what? Again, when you're alone and the enemy has ability to attack, and where, where are your resources coming from at that point? Let's not lose sight of the fact also that we want to call as pastors call upon the name of Jesus. And I, I, I had this passage throughout seminary. It really was my theme passage because I was so, I, I basically had a 75-hour work week, Scott, mm-hmm. be, between 40 hours of my regular job, about 25 hours or so of seminary a week, and about 10 hours of the early origins of heritage. That it, it really was overwhelming. So in Isaiah forty thirty one, we'll rise up on eagles' wings, so we can run and not be weary, and walk and not be faint. Oh Lord, help me to be able not to faint in class right now, <laughs> even if they just pass back a midterm. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and so for them also to not only to call upon the Lord, but catch this, to be encouraged to do that. Good transition to the next point. Let's do it. We want to encourage our pastors because it's real easy when you're in a position of leadership to feel like you can't ask for help. Right. You're supposed to be the one. Right. Well, what happens when the one is struggling? That's right. Don't be afraid to ask for help, whether it's from a Christian counselor, whether it's from Tom, or whether it's from um, your roommate in seminary that you haven't seen in 20 years. Right. Reach out. Don't be afraid to to reach out and ask for help. To say, hey, Tom, when is that ministerial association again? I think I need to come sit in with you guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, when you stop and think about Adam and Eve, they were basically isolated when the enemy attacked them. Yeah, there wasn't, as I recall, a lot of other things happening. That's part of why and how the enemy operates. When he can isolate us, he believes he has a better chance of impacting us and deceiving us. It's very important for us to remember, 
and pastors for you to remember too. You are not superhuman. You do not have a red cape on your back. <laughs> you cannot leap tall buildings in a single bound. Yeah. Most of most of us in the church can barely hop over a pew. That's true. I'm thinking about one step at a time. <laughs> That's a bit of a challenge. Jumping a single pew uh, at a single bound. No. Yeah. Um, remember you are human, and we need to remember that they are human and are just as part of the same damaged world that we are. They go home to family problems just like we do. Right. And sometimes we create the problems for their family because we tend to criticize the kids quicker. Right. Criticize what the wife's wearing quicker. Ooh. Criticize oh, the yeah. car quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, remember, we're in a fallen and damaged world together, so together we get through this. I think a great picture also is when you think about it, Paul was the most prolific writer in the New Testament. His teaching and leading was maybe bar none. And look at what happened in his life as a leader and a pastor. He had a few problems in there. <laughs> Just a couple. I mean, yeah, had some interaction with stones and with fists and with dust and dirt and cranky people. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not so sure I will want to get on a boat with him. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I had a life vest and a really strong swimmer with me. Yeah, or something, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, Tom, uh, as we wrap up today, you know, just a reminder to our pastors that one of one of the planks at Heritage is to pastor the pastors. Right. And if you find yourself alone, you find yourself lonely, and you're thinking about quitting, if the enemy's gotten a hold of you and said, you don't really need to be here. Somebody else can do this. You, you right. go off and do whatever. Uh-huh. You don't need your family. Just go leave the whole thing. Right. Okay, it's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Exactly. And you need to reach out. How can they reach out with Tom Russell? I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And pastors, I've been, I've been saying this for a few weeks, so this week I'll make it specific to pastors. If you have a topic you would like us to cover on the session— now, Tom does some pastoring. I am not a theologian, and I didn't play one on TV. But if you'd like us to cover a topic, we can try. And we wouldn't be above calling in a guest. Oh, that's right. So feel free to reach out. You can reach out to me, Scott, at risefmohio.com. Any parting comments, questions, or snide remarks? For me? Yeah. Well, just that we want to, again, embrace the pastors out there. We, we want them to know we so deeply appreciate what they do, Scott. 